talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. The whole week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever time it is. Welcome to another episode of the Dropped Kickoff for another week. I'm Nick Wasiliev, um, and uh, I'm coming to you just after the Wallabies recorded their third win on the trot, the first time they've done that in four years, um, and uh, with a 27 to eight Argentine uh, win over the over the Pumas uh, in Townsville. Um, and I've got the usual suspects here with me once again tonight. First of all, I'll throw to Nathan. Nathan, how you doing, mate? Man, I'm feeling good. We're starting to get a nice winning streak going, so it's always nice to talk rugby when it's happened. Yeah, I was going to say, heist completed. The heist is completed. We didn't need to. We didn't need to 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 steal the Puma trophy. We did. We had, the boys could do it themselves. Security uh, has been learned by. Alerted, by the way, Nick Hartman. Rugby Australia is waiting for your attempt. So yeah, <laughs> you're going to steal, still try and steal it anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, it's a great trophy. I love it. I wish all the trophies were animal based. Yeah, it's 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 just a giant, big brass tiger. Like, <laughs> can't get much cooler than that. Um, the only, the only, the only um better. Better trophy would be to have some sort of beer luge coming out of the coming out of the puma so we could have a drink out of it. <laughs> yeah, the the best kind of we, we think we can come to agreement on the best type of trophies one to like th- one to three. Three is uh, animal related trophies. Two is one that you can drink a beer out of, and one and I will not hear any further argument on this is a, a toast rack. Oh <laughs> my god! Without fail. One to three, like a top one toast rack. You know, what, what are they, like the best book of trophies in like world rugby? I think Puma Trophy <laughs> would be one. Um, I, I'm not sure. Bledisloe is like too big. It's a big, yeah, it's a big boy. It's, it's like, like well, scandal. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's great if you want to drink ex- uh, a, a ridiculously large amount of beer, isn't it? Maybe, maybe two would be like, have you seen that like, beard glass case that England and Scotland play for? Oh, uh, the Calcutta Cup. Calcutta, yeah. Yeah, maybe that could be number two. Yeah. The Cook Cup's all right, though. I mean, the Freedom... I saw the Freedom Cup on uh, on Saturday night, and I was like, what the fuck is that? That's nothing. It's, like, so plain by comparison to all the other cups that we've got. But, yeah. World Cup's quite nice as well. Yeah, Bill. We've got about Bill. (laughs) And it's also, like, really small, which adds a nice comedy element to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the la- I, sh- I forgot to introduce our last bloke who's been chatting away about trophies. Uh, Jack, how you doing, mate? Good. Three in a row. How good? Yeah. Roll. World champions now. Uh, getting rid of the uh, Pumas pretty easily, so we're on a roll. Yeah, it is. It is pretty good. Let's talk about this uh, this match, and we have our we have our four main questions for the uh, for the night again. Um, first up, let's look. Let's focus on our thoughts on that Wallabies win over Argentina. Question two, and this has been a question that was kind of jumping around. We we touched on it last week, but we're going to do it again this week following this match. Uh, what changes would you like to see for the Wallabies again, if any, uh, considering the win that we're on? Uh, question three, we got to talk about this uh, this All Blacks box one uh, hundredth centenary match. Uh, the All Blacks won 19 to 17, a very close, well uh, contested game, um, and in doing so, uh, win the Freedom Cup and uh, the and the Rugby Championship. And then question four, uh, our eyes turn to uh, the weekend uh, upcoming. We're back on the Gold Coast for two more matches once again. Uh, Argentina again playing Australia as the warm-up match before South Africa and New Zealand closing out the rugby championship as a whole, bringing this festival of rugby in Queensland to sadly to its end. It's been a, it's been a great comp. I'm not going to lie. It's been so much fun playing it in one place. Um, maybe it's just the, the Aussie bias coming through, but God, I feel like they should, there's, there's something about it that really works. That really yeah. Works. Is that the way forward? Do you think hosting, you know, each year hosting it in one country and, Doing a big battle royale with um, back-to-back test matches in the same place. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I reckon. Look, I, I, whether you whether you get the uh, the playing and the timing rights in terms of world time kickoffs and stuff like that, and respective unions, I think it's whether whether or not it, it, it continues. I don't know. That would be a. It would have to be a, a difficult balancing act in terms of what's what people the folks at Sansar would want. But at least in the context of this year, it's been a hell of a lot of fun uh, having it happen. Yeah. Um, I reckon. How, how good did uh, Townsville look over the weekend? Yeah, yeah. it's a great stadium. Yeah, yeah it looks it. It is really, apparently it's really perfectly located as well from all reports. Like right essentially right in the middle of town. So apparently like a short scroll from the pub. <laughs> was it Sean Maloney that said that or Yeah, well, that Sean. Sean would have said that. Loving that. Yeah. It, it looks Wonder how many nice. hours he was at the pub before he jumped on air. <laughs> Shout out to Shawnee. <laughs> From experience, it helps. It does help. <laughs> um, if, let's. I mean, if we get a World Cup, that seems like a prime venue to have a couple of good games at. Yeah, for it, sure. It's interesting uh, that Rugby Reg said that it's actually a great location, and he, and maybe is it should is it worth discussing the notion of whether the it should you know, be a place that gets more test matches going forward. I mean, we've played lots of games Absolutely. on the Gold Coast and they don't get to see, get to, they don't seem to have gotten anything close to the numbers that the match at, mm. uh, the, the match yeah. there. Yeah. Gold Coast yeah. Notoriously. Let's, let's not talk too far ahead. Um, <laughs> something, something tells me it's going to be a good crowd this week. Let's just. Keeping a watch, keeping a close watch. Put it this All way, right. It's. This crowd, if you look at Ticketaker right now and you look at the tickets that are currently available for it, this will push close to a sellout at the Gold Coast. Sorry, I'm just on the site now and it's saying general public allocation exhausted. Oh, really? Jeez. Like, that is, firstly, probably a sign of how good the world is going at the moment. But secondly, it feels like an answer. Townsville go for the big crowd and Gold Coast go, all right. You guys want to play that game? Let's go. Let's try and go for a salad ourselves. So it's it's great. It's great stuff. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to the Queensland Rugby Public. Considering that the, the short turnaround on this, that all of the crowds uh, for every game have looked outstanding. Um, it's always looked like you're playing to at least a three quarters to totally sold out stadium. And considering it was only a couple of weeks, we were only given a couple of weeks notice, if any. Uh, it's been fantastic what they've been able to pull together. Again, another indication of the of the of how much fun it's been doing this battle royale style. Anyway, um, let's dive into question one. Uh, Wallabies they got it done against Argentina, uh, twenty seven to eight, um, three tries to one in the end. Um, let's talk about this match, guys, because uh, the the mood was. Everyone, I think I get, I get the sense that everyone was pretty happy with the with the performance. Wallaby still are building on lots of positives, but Rennie himself admitted that that he felt that there was some way the Wallabies could go uh, or were left ruining some opportunities, and they didn't grab that fourth try uh, with a, to secure the bonus point win. Um, Nathan, let's let's throw to you first because uh, I know we've been accused of being a little bit too pessimistic. Uh, what are your thoughts on on how the Wallabies went on the weekend? I thought it was a pretty good performance. I mean, yes, there was opportunities, I think the side even admitted themselves afterwards where they could have really taken Argentina out of the game. But for me, it was... Um, uh, this year, I've seen the Wallabies kind of learn different ways of how... I've said it a couple of times, but learning different ways how to win, I think, is so crucial. It's the French, we kind of figured out how to win those close games. Against South Africa, we not only re- um, sort of reinforced that, but then found a way to win in style. I think this was a win where not only we weren't playing at our best, but we actually kept the team to minimal points. Yes, they missed they missed kicks. They they left about ten points out there. They didn't make a single line break throughout the game. They mm-hmm. one try from a ball. That's it. I think we missed about ten. I think the stats said we missed about ten tackles for the whole game. Mm. Now, when was the last time we could say that about a Wallaby side? That they defended this well and not only, but played not only played a decent amount of rugby, but just kind of just held their line and for the most part, a little bit for one more try, where let's face it, they got they got the defence slightly wrong. We're near perfect in the fence. Like it was, it was a very. I know they're going to be the hardest harsh critics, but I thought it was a, still a very good performance. 
Yeah, look, I do think in terms of uh, positive rugby, there was periods of that second half, especially um, where uh, where the like the first twenty minutes of that second half felt eerily similar to the to the draw to those two draws that we had last year, where it was just felt like solid wall stuff. It was solid wall against solid wall, and it was just going to be a battle of attrition. Um, and the thing that was keeping us in the game was the fact that we had been we'd scored two tries and were seventeen points uh, ahead, or at one point just down to just over a converted try ahead. Um, that was really keeping us in the game. But yeah, look, I do think their defense, the defense, uh, really showed a lot. I think Argentina's defense. Apparently, they missed like something like thirty-one tackles, which is a really high uh, missing, like in terms of their 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 defense. Uh, that's a quite substantial. Um, Jack, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think it's uh, it, uh, the Wallabies might have been left ruining some chances, or do you think it was a case of you're coming up against a, a team that likes to play a certain way? And unlike the year, uh, unlike last year, where it was a draw, where we couldn't we couldn't actually get the result, we actually figured out a way to get the result, even if it wasn't a bonus point win. Yeah, no, really encouraging signs. I think these games are a way better indication of, you know, where the squad's at, you know, in, in past in past tests, you know. We've talked about Argentina being potentially a banana peel. Um, but, yeah, they, they look great. A lot of players continue to step up. You know, Quade Cooper, while he's on, was, you know, measured and balanced. Um, Karevi leads the way with, um, you know, tackle busts and making through the line and Len Ikitao's coming on in strength. Andrew Kellaway's awesome. Valentini, Hooper, they, they keep standing up. Taniela Tupo got his start. So we're, we're building really great squad depth and consistency and combinations. And I think for the most part, I think we've got a lot of our positions nailed down and, and these games are a really good um, way to test that out. Um, I think, yeah, there's, there's still question marks over the likes of, you know, fullback, uh, hooker, probably number six. We haven't sort of nailed down that yet. But um, all signs are good and, and we're building really impressively. It is positive that a lot of those that even in those positions we're not sure about, uh, a lot of players are still at least trying to put their, their hands up for it. Um, you know, I think, you know, even though Swinton's gone off, Rob, Leo, uh, Rob Leona, you know, he played he, – he didn't play too bad. I thought, I thought he had played a relatively decent game there um, for his first start. Um, I know Falau Inga and Felipe Kaitu has uh, have not really kind of nailed down that hooker position um, either. And Hodge, Hodge was all right. I think he, I mean, he, uh, he didn't. I don't think he necessarily set the world on fire, but um, you know, he did a. Uh, 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 he was consistent. His kicking game was good, um, and he showed a lot. Of, he showed that he's reliable in that fifteen role, uh, even if he hasn't nailed it. But that's a good indication of even if there isn't. You know, there's there's people putting their uh, themselves up for contention in those roles, um, and hopefully there'll be some some more competition that comes out of that. Um, yeah, uh, Nick, what are you what are you reckon? What are your thoughts on this game? Um, I mean, it's good, I guess. Um, I thought we 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 played alright. Like, I don't think we played as well as we played in previous games. Um, maybe that was because. Uh, competition was tougher, but I think, you know, Nathan kind of nailed it, um, as did Jack. You know, we beat them convincingly. We kept them to seven. Um, they scored one more try after they got a rocket up up them at halftime, and then that was that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just good. Like last week we said we were um, weird but good, and I feel good but weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not saying I feel convinced, but I think even in there, there is some sort of, even despite that, uh, despite not feeling happy or convinced uh, with that performance, we still won by 19 points, which I think is an indication that the boys can still play a lot better. And it, even if it they could be worse, we did draw with them last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think you know, in, I think I'd be curious to see how we go this weekend. Again, I know it's always an indication. It's always next week, um, de- determining what, what, if it works or if it doesn't. Uh, but yeah, it's 
they could have played better, but the fact that they still got the result that they did was really positive, and it's an indication that, you know, this squad is definitely heading in the right direction. In and I, ways. I get it that they they had the um, league the league semi final before. I think what it finished at five, I think or six, like five thirty six, yeah. And then they had the AFL afterwards, so there was a bit of a scheduling thing going on. But it was just a bit of a bummer. Like after the All Black Springboks, and then you wait an hour, and then. Yeah, yeah. Wallabies playing poorly, beating a crap Argentinian side. It was just a bit of a, eh. I just I really wish they just scheduled it for Sunday. Jeez, yeah. last week, mate. Yeah, it's what I see. And with those, I think that's also the downside of that double header. Like you need enough time for, you know, locker rooms to clear for you to sort of get that turnover and allow fans that might not be might not be coming for the New Zealand game to get into the other game. So I think that's – while we talk about how good this sort of carnival of rugby is, I feel like that is a, a sort of a downside that isn't really addressed much in mm. the sense that you can't – the joy of other ones is you could be like, all right, so 5.30 game in New Zealand, it finishes at 7.10, you're like, all right, sweet, Wallaby start at 7.30. I can, I've just got five, ten minutes, so essentially 20 minutes, and then I can get straight back into another game. Like, I think it's, that's, that's more of a scheduling thing, but – and it's also like a COVID thing as well, for sure. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't think Sansa really gives a shit about AFL or NRL. They're probably just like, all right, let's just get – Saleh works for New Zealand and South Africa. Let's just chuck them on. Yeah, but even then, like, the numbers were still decent, at least at the ground. I mean, it was a sellout at Townsville. Mm. Um, yeah. And a decent chunk of that, even despite the, the hour break um, – a, a pretty like a va- the vast majority of that sellout crowd stuck around for that uh, Wallabies Argentina game. I mean, I don't know what the numbers were for Stan Sport and and Channel Nine um, in terms of unless Nathan, you you know the numbers on that I one. I know Channel Nine. Um, Stan keep uh, by the sounds of it, Stan keep their sort of cars closer to decks. You can't really find anything online, but for what I use for online, it says four four oh six. That's a great number. What four hundred four hundred six k watched it on Stan or all no, up? No, that's that's not Stan. That's that's just like Channel Nine. That's just that's just, right. that's just via I think Media Week is. That's a pretty uh, decent result, especially considering the the grand final, the AFL grand final was on four oh six. I think it's it's about it's about usual for that sort of game. But I mean, on on Channel Nine, mm. you'd probably outside of that you'd expect better. Uh, let me bring this up quickly. I think it was yeah. So it was. When you compare the AFL Grand Final, had like three million. Yeah, uh, it's still still top twenty for programs. I think it finished eighteenth, so you know, solid. Um, and then yeah, league league always does huge numbers, but yeah, two sixty nine Metro, one thirty eight Regional, which is nice as well. So that's all right. And I mean, it. it I mean, it's. It, it was always. I think. I think it's like a matter of just the context of, of what you're up against that week. I mean, we know that particularly during that that um, France game that there's a much bigger crowd there. Um, I can't remember how many how many turned into that final France game. The numbers were like were up towards the, like not was it like six hundred to nine hundred k? I can't remember how much it was, but it was. It, it shows that even then, if you if you're pulling in a, an audience of near to half a million, um, even on a, on a packed sporting night, um, I think you're doing okay. All right, it was good. I mean, I think it's, only... it's not it's not draw it's not a draw game either. Like Argentina wouldn't have the draw of an All Blacks or a Springboks. Oh, does it? But when you consider, when you put it this way, so we, we compared to the league and all that, and and it's natural thing. Those two games at Suncorp uh, for a crowd were twenty six and twenty nine thousand respectively. The Wallabies up in North Queensland, which but by Suncorp is what I think fifty six thousand stadium is it? Fifty two. Yeah, yeah, fifty yeah, two thousand at Suncorp. Wallabies Argentina pulled in twenty three thousand one hundred eighty four. The highest crowd at the, at the ground outside of Origin. So I mean that's that's still very good numbers. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, I mean, it definitely puts the argument it puts the argument forward about you know whether whether they'll uh, they'll play more up there. Um, I mean, you've got the it'll be interesting to see if the when the Drura are based in Queensland next year if they'll if they'll utilise that as a potential place to play as well. Um, it seems like there's an appetite for it. It'd be a bit unfair, right? Because <laughs> it's like tropical climate, just like 
PG. Yeah, it looked like it was. It looked. It looked. We should so... play Scotland there just for the lols. <laughs> just swap it up. Just <laughs> yeah. It's like we need some way to shake off our bogey team in Scotland. <laughs> Let's just put them in in tropical climate. Make the make the ball soapy as hell. It's a, it's a soapy nut, and you'll uh, see how they go. <laughs> Um, let's move on to let's uh, move on to uh, question two, um, uh, which is talking about the changes that we'd like to see for the Wallabies. I mean, we have touched on this a little bit. Um, I mean, looks as as mentioned in the previous question, the squad is looking really set. Um, there's a good bit of consistency coming through. Um, Dave Rennie's really introducing some accountability. I mean, he looked at that result uh, and said that you know a lot of the boys were felt felt left wanting. Um, the question we ask is because we are we've got one more match of this uh, in the rugby championship for us, and then we head into the last four matches of the year, the uh, the tour, um, uh, the European tour, plus of course the Barbars game um, and Japan. Um, what changes would we like to see for the Wallabies, if any? And I'm going to throw this to you first, Jack. We've got a we've got the obvious question around uh, James O'Connor. I kind of want to want to start with him first. Um, what were your thoughts on him coming off the bench? Uh, on the weekend, admittedly, it was his first game back in a while. Where do you think, where do you think he fits to kind of kick us off? Yeah, yeah, just leave him on the bench. I think um, Quade Cooper, you know, um, again was you know mercurial and um, did did what he had to do. Um, I think he retains his spot. Have O'Connor on the bench, let um, him get a bit of match fitness and earn his earn his right back into that number ten start. Um, yeah, going forward, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, Rennie um, changes up the the team, especially you know um, last you know last game of the tournament before they go away. Um, I think you know depending who goes on the spring tour, uh, we know Corabidi's already not going to be in um, the team next week, so that gives a chance to try someone at wing. Whether you bring on a guy like Tom Wright, um, I don't know how far Vunavalu is away. Um, even someone like Andy Muirhead, give him a cap. I think he's, um, you know, a like for like. Um, and then whether he toys with um, a few few of those positions I've, I've mentioned already, you know, um, love to see the Mad Dog back in, Sean McMahon, get a bit <laughs> of aggro done. Where do you start in those? Is he a six or an eight? Do you switch um, Valentini around? Do you give Michael Hooper a rest? What do you do? Um, so there's plenty of intriguing um, little little tweaks that he can can make just to give some um, players some game time, maybe rest some people ahead of the spring tour. Yeah, it's look. I think this is one one good good point to come out of this whole thing of the team playing consistently. I think uh, Dylan um, on our chat on the weekend mentioned he was kind of he he raised a great point um, about you know, and this was kind of the basis for us putting this question in here. Is he he thought that after the end of that match, it looked like. It looked like a real slog out there, you know, playing in subtropical climate, sweaty, uh, sweaty conditions, humid conditions, um, with a slippery ball, um, just two teams bashing the crap out of each other. That he felt that maybe a couple of these guys could like that could look like they could maybe use a break at the end of it, and maybe trying to put in a couple more changes might be necessary just to give some some like some rest for the actual European tour. Nico, what do you reckon? Do you reckon pick and stick, or do you reckon it's a case of you don't want the boys to burn out before the end of the season? I'd say the latter. Um, and I think, you know, with, with building a side, you yeah, you want to build a side and get a good idea of what your best 15 is. But we've also got to start building that depth. Like, you know, if Michael Hoop is injured, how are we going to cope with that? Um, you know, if if, you know, Tom Banks is injured, you know, we're still, we don't know the answer to that at the moment. Um, so I'd like to see some changes. Um, Jack said Andy Muirhead, um, which is typical as a Brumbies fan. Um, I mean, too I many Brumbies. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, the Brumbies. <laughs> Up the ponies. Up the ponies. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see some changes because I'd also like to see if. Um, you just want to see you more Tars? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'd like to see Sean McMahon. Um, I'm super excited for, is it yeah, Arnold? Give me a run. Uh, Latu. I'd love to see Latu come back. I really rate him. And that's not just because he's signed my shirt. Um, 
Uh, so he's a bum. No, no, he's not. He's not. Don't talk about him. He's <laughs> definitely not. That's offensive. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought like yeah. Uh, you mentioned before you got into a fight with someone who we'll just call um, uh, Jay Miller or Jamie M. About James O'Connor, and he did look rusty, but I guess that's to be expected. I'm not sure how how long he was out with injury. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Do like, you, do you bring back Lola Seo for a game like this just to get him back in the mix? Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. you're talking about building depth, and you know, Quaid and O'Connor. You know, are they the future? You need you need to give some um, what you you know, game time for is that not just a token cap as well? Just basically being like, all right, well, you, you weren't good enough when the series was on the line, but here, take this game in 2010. I'm like, you think if, if you're going to play, if you're going to swap Quaid out, which you're probably not given the way he's playing, I is that next man up. I think by the sounds of it, it was, oh, listening to Rennie after the game, he, was, he hinted the changes that he was going to make was sort of what he called those tough selection battles. So, listening to him, it sounds like a lot of that is around that back row, so I reckon he'll go with he all but hinted that he was going to go McMahon. I reckon he goes McMahon at six, and uh, another one is, I think, Harry Wilson, someone who's kind of mm. just for Yeah, what's happened to him? He's been, I don't know, he must have... So, hasn't he been injured? No, he, the word, the word is Harry no, yeah, wasn't so, it something like he was too fat or something like that? None of that. None of that <laughs> stuff has happened. So He's a thick boy. Let's, <laughs> we'll, we'll kill the myth here because a lot of people have that kind of thought of, well, he must have done something wrong or he's gone missing. The, the reason is, it's a combo of things. One, <laughs> Pete Samu is just a gun off the bench. So, and plus covers. Yeah, oh. He covers six, seven, and eight. So, like, he, he, there's your spot in the, on, as that sort of loose forward on the bench, Valentini, so it leaves essentially him in a battle with Valentini, who hasn't really done anything r- that wrong. So he probably just uh, sort of has edged him out in selection battle. So then there's, you've got no space for him in the squad. So when people say, yeah. oh, what's happened to him? Where's he gone? Where's he gone? It's just like, no, we actually have competition. And when you have someone like Samu who can cover essentially every position in, in that back row, it's start or miss out. And that's the same for Yimmick Wrights, your Swintons as well. So the reason why you Leotas get us got a the bench spot is that he yeah. can also cover that second row as well. So like, I, I Yeah, think- I agree. I think I think Harry Wilson's the type of player that you either start or you, you leave out completely because yeah, he's just that type of player. But he he can't he's I mean I'm sure he's probably played it at a lot. I don't has he played anywhere other than eight for the Reds as well? I think he's, he's had a few games six. at six. Yeah, yeah. He's played at six. Yeah. He's played, played games so, at six. He's played a couple of games at six, but again, they love – Samu's been so good off the bench, they, they're not going to mm. sort of pick against him. So I think this is the but game where he goes, yeah, yeah Wilson, Wilson go to eight, McMahon to six, and then probably Geordie Bataille on the wing for Corabetti, and that's about it. I, I, yeah. I guess one thing I want to raise is I want to see Samu Karebi not start because I think – like. Since he and Quaid came in, um, and I'm just talking like, you know, uh, coincidence here, but he started playing really well. And I just want to know if we can play really well without him. Um, Brett Harris, I think his name is, writing for The Guardian today. Yeah, posted I saw that. an article saying, hey, look, maybe, you know, the Wallabies just happen to play really well when Cravey's around and maybe we're relying on him too much. So I'd like to see... If that's the case, like, and I think this is a perfect opportunity because I think, like, if we lose to Argentina, I think you know, um, what's his name has done his best so far. Uh, what's his name, Rennie has done his mm. best. Um, and then we can focus on trying to beat England, which is really the that's uh, the next big, the big thing, test. right? I mean, like, I mean, it, I would say that Paisami was kind of shaping up as a good sledgehammer in 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 Kellaway's absence, in, not in in not Kellaway in. Uh, Karevi's absence, um, but I don't think he's necessarily as uh, has has had the chance to be a, a leader as much as Karevi um, kind of sh- has shown himself to be. There's also one other player who I wouldn't mind seeing running around. I don't think he's going to get selected, but 
Duncan Payawa, um, is he's been in the squad the whole time, and uh, I think I think he's gone back to France, hasn't? Is, I thought he was still. He was I still think under, I think he's he still, still training the squad. That's what I heard. Yeah. Uh, sorry, his, his Instagram looked like he was with all the Wallabies guys, so that's all I'm going to take it from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's still, yeah, no, he is, he is still uh, contracted to Toulon, but like he's been, he's been, uh, been playing really well at centre for the Reds, and and you know, cleaned up in in the in NRC um, for years, and I reckon it wouldn't necessarily be a bad idea to give him a crack. Um, I, I hope they don't just put him on for just the Barbars game because I feel like give the boy a cap. The boy needs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Swan won't need him. He's, they they suck this year. <laughs> they do. They suck. are what one win, one one game, a draw, and two losses. God, they they must be calling for him back. Yeah, well, without fail, you, you can't say without fail. If in doubt, Toulon just goes and buys from someone else. <laughs> if in doubt, pick from the pick from the best in Australia and New Zealand. That's their that's their strategy. <laughs> hey um. um Hey, just talking about sorry, just talking about Sami before, right? I mean, of course, we forgot to mention he's tucked. Um, when I put on the <laughs> yeah, AFL on the weekend, the they had all had rolled down socks. It was outrageous, and um, it was just so great to see Sami come back on, you know, and respect the uniform. Um, did you boys see that too? It's outrageous. What's it's outrageous? What is this fashion statement from AFL bringing this country down? <laughs> I love how this is the coverage we're going to give in the grand final. No, yeah. <laughs> not, not like a, t- a ten goal, ten goal swing, like first game in Perth. No, nah. that them bloody AFL players with the socks down. It's a disgrace. Disgusting. It's disgusting. Almost wretched. I'm wretching at you. I'm wretching at you watching AFL. <laughs> oh, I was bored. You know, bored during the break. Put it on. <laughs> and you see that they, they collide with each other and they really just run into each other everyone's like oh what yeah. a dog and that meanwhile you know like um you know hoops getting his face stepped on <clears throat> and just like just takes it in stride <laughs> yeah yeah it's just literally how, how it's every it's every other day of the week <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's yeah, but look, it does. It, there is so many opportunities in that in that squad and in that back row. I mean, you know, there's also Izzy Nicerani as well. We haven't no, seen he's, him. He's gone to France. Oh, is he going to France? He's already. Uh, oh, that was the the word I heard was he left to France and yeah, he got released got, early. You got right yeah. in. Yeah. Liam Wright's yeah. coming for him. So yeah. <laughs> it'll be interesting what the strategy is, um, depending on who's you know putting their hands up to go for the spring tour and who's you know. Maybe there's a few opt-outs and, um, you know, do you give people game time because they're not going on the spring tour, um, get them in a few minutes, um, do you warm up a few people that, have, you know, will go on the spring tour ahead of the guys that are staying at home? So, yeah, lots to think about there. I, I can imagine there being two different squads for Japan and Europe. Yeah. Like I was thinking I was just... go to Europe and the squad just goes to Japan is going to play. Yeah. Well, the All Blacks did that at... Couple of years ago, they split the squads up, and I mean, you got enough time. It's, I think it's like a two-week gap between the sort of Japan and Europe, so you can have that crossover. But and you're going to be doing quarantine no matter what, so like, yeah. I mean, well. it, it begs the question as well as to if if you're going to make the changes, if any, uh, would you make the changes for this match, um, or would you make the changes for say the Japan match or the uh, or the Barbars match? Um, well, Barbas. Because, because I mean, there's a mention. It's still right. This. Hmm? We're not playing Barbas. It's. We. I thought we were playing Ren- Barbas. Rennie's coaching no. the Barbas. Oh, Rennie. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Rennie's coaching. Yeah. <laughs> May as well be. I've got, Just... got the coaches wrong again. Yeah. <laughs> got the to... coaches wrong again. Continue. The I think there will be. You know. I think there will be a few. You know, European-based Wallabies sort of suiting up for the Barbas to see how they go. But um, yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd love get Kirtley back. If Kirtley's not going to get picked in, in this Wallaby side, just get him playing. Just get him in the Barbar side and just. That'd be great. Dave, get, get your arm around each other and just say, hey, mate, you know, we love you to see you in France. You're doing well, but when you come back, like 2023, just give us that bit more competition. <laughs> keep no, keep running laterally. Keep running follow, laterally. <laughs> follow, follow in the footsteps of Jesse Mogg and just come back. Come <laughs> My boy Mogg. They should get Checker to do the Barbarians and just get him to bring back all those dudes he kept yes. playing all the time. 
Like, you get Matt Carraro, Jax Pocketer, Kurtley Beal, Adam Ashley Cooper, yeah, Foley. All, yeah, Fitz. all those guys that he knows really well from his time coaching Argentina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, and just, get Barty just back. Just the New South, Wales, New South Wales team. <laughs> just have a 24-day New South Wales team. Where are they now essentially playing against <laughs> Wallabies? <laughs> we, all, we all know that's what Jack wanted. <laughs> It's always what he wanted. He wanted to make the couldn't couldn't distinguish. Um, yeah. Look, it's a lot of, I feel like we've gotten sidetracked from the questions, but you know, it'd be uh, it'd be curious to see in answer to this question around what changes would you like to see for the Wallabies. I think we're pretty much undecided. Either pick and stick or or make a few changes. Um, just keep watching. Tweaks. You know. That's what, that's all we are. That's all we are. So just a couple of tweaks here and there. Just a couple of tweaks here and there. Only about the tweaks. Let's move on to question three, though, because uh, that wasn't the uh, Wallabies Argentina game was not the only uh, match that occurred. Uh, there was also the battle for the Freedom Cup, uh, which saw the All Blacks take on the box. Last week, uh, we predicted that the uh, either the All Blacks would dominate the game and win by by murder, or uh, Springboks Springboks would show up. Um, and the answer was uh, kind of a little bit of both. I mean, uh, All Blacks still won, but the box definitely did show up. Um, All Blacks end up eventually prevailing 19-17 um, in a very close match, uh, and they retain the Freedom Cup. Um, let's hear our thoughts on uh, on this game. I'll throw to Nick first. Nick, what were your thoughts on this match? I Yeah, it was a great match, very tight. It's really all you wanted, except it was a bit um, crap. I think that might have just been because it was so humid. No, but it was they had, like they dropped the ball. Great match. Like, it was crap. <laughs> yeah, no, it Aside was. It was perfect. Just it was just like it stuck. wasn't like full of skill. It they they dropped the ball so many times. Um, yeah, it was a lot of it was it felt it felt strange. Like is this the same All Black side? Yeah. I think they were just feeling each other up or just test seeing seeing who was who was where. It, it was kind of watching Checker Wallabies, right? Because they, they just have this great opportunity to break and then just do something shit or stupid. But it was still a great game. Um, uh, and, yeah, it's like the South Africans showed up a bit. Um, they, in that very South African uh, way, they just really sucked it on those box kicks. Um, um, and, yeah, it's just, a, it's, it's just a bit funny watching it because, you know, they just... All right, aren't we're just going to play this way. We're just going to play this way. And a few times when the game opens up and they don't really know what to do, it's like, you know, they're all props kind of thing. Like the whole team's made of props and just don't know what to do with space in front of them. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was a great game. Now I'm thinking about it. I was probably had too many beers and can't remember it. But, yeah, <laughs> no, it was really good, really good. I'm, I'm looking really forward to next week. Although I think, mate, I don't know, the All Blacks probably – do their thing and smash them like they did to us in the second letter. So, but I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's going to happen because I mean I think of all the countries that they struggle to smash back, like back up in the second week. It's I think it's always the Springboks who are able to somehow turn up that second week and challenge them yet again. Um, Jack, uh, what were your thoughts on this match? Do, I kind of I, I want to ask you a little bit about that the last kind of period of the game because it looked like. Every, the, there was a period where the Springboks got in front and looked like they were going to win, but then they kept kicking the ball away. Which yeah. is the question: What are you doing? What are you doing? What were your thoughts? Do you reckon it was a they, they messed up in their tactics there? They could have stopped them winning. Well, yeah. So when the box had the opportunities, they definitely didn't take them. It was it was fascinating to see um, how you know just a little bit of pressure on the All Blacks had them completely rattled. It was. Um, mm. You know, Springboks were, were like relentless in their high ball, kicking it back to them, forcing them to you know make errors and, and make make those judgments. Um, and yeah, the, the All Blacks really struggled for large parts of the game. I think you know those, as I said, those moments where the box um, had the ball and they had the opportunity to do something with it, um, they kind of melted. Under uh, under the uh, opportunity, so um, if the box yeah took their chances, it could have been a completely different match. Um, but I think I, I think they showed us you know the the blueprint that you know Australia has to go 
with um you know facing the All Blacks. You know, we try we try and beat the All Blacks using you know skill and speed and that, but you know the All Blacks are you know ten times better than us at, at that sort of stuff. I think you know we can play the Australian way against any other team, but you know that that relentless pressure and that um, forcing them to make the mistakes. I think I think that's the go forward. And it seems like the box will try and do that again next week when they when they line up against them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether the box can actually develop a, an attacking game plan when when they have those opportunities. Yeah, it's. I do. Th- I do feel like in terms of strategy, whatever they came up with was was much more effective um, than compared to previous previous weeks um against against the wallabies they looked like they kind of had been shown up in terms of game plan and strategy and and trying to to counteract it this it looked like they'd done their homework a bit more um but remember when we played them and we were going up the guts when we were playing the all blacks and that's when we had them on the ropes and yeah. then we'd just do a cutout pass and you know <laughs> up. like it's i think that's we the way the The question I was was about to throw this question to you, Nathan, did this match prove that the only thing that's actually stopping us from beating the All Blacks is the fact that we panic? (laughs) It is. It's one of the things I think Nick was alluding to as well. When you listen to, it was something after the game where when you hear Rennie say, "Oh, like we, if we took our chances, we could have, we could have essentially put them under pressure. We, we panicked. We did this, and but you know, we can." If we didn't do that, then we could have actually kind of we put it under pressure. They are human and they will crack. And we kind of we kind of looked at that after the game and went, yeah, sure, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. These guys are human, but these guys are supreme talents. But when you look at South Africa and let's face it, they didn't play. That, they played well, but it wasn't a game where you, which, as Nick would say, you wouldn't you wouldn't show it to someone and say, get into rugby, watch this game. But it showed that when under pressure, they are very much human and they make mistakes you can capitalise on. I think you talked about South Africa kicking the ball away. New Zealand were up towards towards the end there. I think in the last two minutes, kicked the ball away twice. Mm. It's like, when, when was the last time a New Zealand team did that? Like, they so... They, it's almost like second nature for them. They, it's like they put themselves in park and go, all right, three minutes to go, one... Get, all right, three forwards, pass the one, go forward. Next, next side, side of that, side of that. All right, zero, four zeros in the clock. All right, kick out, see you later. And they, they close the game out. But you could see they're under real pressure and, and all of a sudden didn't want anything to, to do with the ball, didn't even want to know it. So <laughs> I think I think it's interesting. I think, I'm not sure if it's just that we're ready into sort of playing good rugby against South Africa and Argentina, but, and this is just the cycle repeating itself. We, we've gone through the lulls of... Uh, we, we're never going to beat him again, and we're slowly back onto that stage of <laughs> we're playing good rugby. You know, next year, next year we got him. Next year's <laughs> the year we'll, yeah, we'll play like this. <laughs> but you know, there were signs there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, it, it just it just goes to show, you know, it's pretty bloody tough to beat the All Blacks, even when they were down and out, they were struggling, they were under pressure, they still come through with the goods. So, well, the know, weird thing was, I was thinking even getting close to. Them. The weird thing I was thinking, uh, Jack, was that, you know, they did lose the game, but I don't think the South Africans lost, lost. Like, they just won at the end because of that last penalty. But Totally, yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> and I, and I, I don't think they'll change anything for next week. I think they're going to, you know, um, try the same strategy and see if the All Blacks can cope with it again. And maybe, well, maybe they won't. There'll be one big change for South Africa. A man by the name of Cheslin Colby oh, is expected yeah. to be fit. Oh, back? Press conference that just happened. Apparently, they, they lose Marco Van Standen. It was good, but, I mean, when you, when you compare yeah. him to, to getting back Cheslin Colby, this yeah. South African side should be a lot better. And, and and Colby's the type of player that, you know, when those opportunities do come, he's the type of player that can take those opportunities mm. and, and, and really break the game open at, at that crucial point. Yeah, he's got a wicked set, that guy. Um, Deadly. One thing I wanted to just bring up, there was that period where South Africa, uh, New Zealand couldn't buy a line out. There was a bit, about four in a row, like they went, they kicked deep for the line out five metres out and South Africa won it, then kicked it away yeah. and then all went out again and South Africa just won it. Um, I think you probably can't understate 
the return of Lou Diaga and Evan Etzebeth. Um, ben Darwin talks about cohesion a lot. Those boys have been playing together for 20 years almost, but it feels like. But, yeah, that was just insane. It was just like, oh, okay, this is a real South Africa back. Just this absolute set-piece dominance. Yeah, the meat eaters. It's all about the meat. I'll, I'll <laughs> ask one last question before we move on to our predictions for the weekend, and we'll use it as the segue point. Do you reckon we'll see the exact same sort of arm wrestle this weekend for this All Blacks box match, or do you reckon it'll be a it'll be a case of one eventually cracks the other? Um, what do we think? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Like whether whether the All Blacks, you know, I, I think the All Blacks are smart enough um, in this week that they'll. Um, look at what the staffers did and, and develop a game plan to combat it. Mm. Yeah. Nathan, what do you think? It's a, the fool me once. Fool me once before we get, can't get fooled again. If you want to go the old George W. Bush quote. I know I know what the actual quote is before someone tries to get, get to the comments and says, actually, it's not that. But look. <laughs> actually. Um, actually. Actually. <laughs> We've we've learned over the past couple of years. You can catch the All Blacks off off guard once. You don't mm. do it a second time. <laughs> they they will any weakness that they show in that first game will all of a sudden become their biggest strength in the second. And I, I think <laughs> they'll come out. I mean, let's face it. Even though it's wrapped up, they've still got plenty to sort of achieve out of this game, which is an unbeaten rugby championship. Yeah. They do. Like they call it their this essentially the Southern Grand Slam, being able to go through and beat every, I think it's essentially every Southern Hemisphere team within a year. Because when you think they beat what they beat Fiji, they beat Fiji twice. Was it or was it Tonga? They beat twice. No, they beat Tonga twice. They beat <laughs> Fiji. No, sorry, they beat Tonga once. Then beat Fiji. Let me look it up. Hang on. Yeah, Fiji it was, twice. Fiji, Fiji twice. twice. Yeah, I thought it was Fiji twice. So mm. All they need is a game against Samoa, and that's basically they've swept the southern, the major Southern Hemisphere teams. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. like they've they've got plenty to prove in this game. So I reckon they, leading into that prediction, I reckon they come out and make a statement. They a win by fifteen to twenty. I reckon. Oh really? Sheesh. I mean yeah. that's that's the that's the catch twenty two, isn't it? It's like um. You sort of you sort of want the Springbok to beat them to put the All Blacks in their place. But then you also want the All Blacks to win because it just shows how hard it is to beat the All Blacks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, let's 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 use this as a segue to the last question about uh, our predictions for the weekend. Um, uh, on the Gold Coast. Uh, Argentina will uh, play the Wallabies uh, as the first match, kicking off at uh, at five o'clock local time, um, and then later in the evening, uh, South Africa will host uh, the All Blacks. Um, Nico, I'm going to throw to you first. Uh, what are your predictions? Who uh, is going to win, and by what amount? Um, Australia and the All Blacks uh, agree with Nathan. They fool me once, so they're going to put it on. You reckon it's going to be a pumping? Yeah, well, maybe not a pumping, but two to three try lead. I don't know. What is a pumping? Is it three <laughs> tries? I'd say, like, you get one team gets... I'd say I'd qualify a pumping as a bonus point win. So you, you've scored, like, four try... Or there's a three try advantage over okay. the other team. Okay. Well, yes, a, a pumping, a light pumping. <laughs> A lightly seasoned pumping. A lightly seasoned pumping. Yeah. Lightly seasoned pumping. Nick, can, can you insert that quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger about the pump? I'm not. Inser- no, that that pump is so in about. It's so inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know the quote you're talking I'm about. In, I'm, in. <laughs> I'm not. To, I'm not putting that. Come in. day and night, right? Fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, Jack, what are your thoughts? You reckon uh, it's going to be a. a Close match between uh, Pumas and and the Wallabies in South Africa and New Zealand. What are our thoughts? Ooh, yeah, I think um, more than last week. This is a statement game for the Wallabies. Um, they need to really turn it on, get that connection going, getting that flow going, getting the good vibes going within the within the team, and just um, you know put on a few tries, be silky smooth doing it, and um, set themselves up for a great spring tour. Um, with the, oh, yeah, 
All Black Springbok game. I mean, I had I had a bit of money. I've been right into the betting lately. I've been going nuts with it. <laughs> no, bad boy. Spring, 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 I had money on the Springboks. Um, you muppet. Like at three dollars <laughs> fifty or something like that. They came very close, but yeah. That's brutal. Oh. Yeah. As uh, as Nathan said, I don't think they can back it up again. Um, I think you know the All Blacks will figure out their game plan pretty well, and if they can't get their attack going, um, they could be in trouble. So yeah, twenty plus. Oh, jeez, twenty plus! My goodness, yeah, it's it's a uh, it'll be an interesting one to keep a watch on if they mm-hmm. if they do show up or not. Even with uh, with Colby coming back, um, will likely be responsible for a trial too. Um, Nathan, final thoughts. Uh, audio, New Zealand, South Africa. I, I, I'll be more precise. Say eighteen. I think this is just a game where the Barretts will haunt South Africa. Um, I, I will, I'll make the bold prediction all three Barretts score a try. How about that? <laughs> if they if they play, if, pending, they start. I'm, I'm just going to put that proviso out there. Um, and then, yeah, I think it all, all depends on how many changes you make from a Wallabies perspective, but I'm, I'm expecting a similar result. I, rec- I reckon we get it done by... We had done by, by uh, I won't say 12. I'll go 12 this time around. Well, we yeah. 12. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement on that one. I think, look, I think this is a critical game for the Wallabies um, just because you're now, it's been a successful camp, uh, 20, you know, uh, uh, rugby championship campaign. I mean, look, at the start of this campaign, all of us, we predicted we would have been happy with a two out of five. Uh, we would have accepted two out of five as a pass mark for this side, um, maybe a three out of five. We've now hit that. We're staring down the barrel of potentially winning four out of five um, and going into a potential, uh, going into a, uh, a, a an overseas tour, an end of season tour. I reckon they'll want, they'll really want to, to, to keep that momentum going. So um, hopefully put the Argentinian boys away. Um, I reckon, I reckon by a margin of greater than 10 for the Wallabies. For that one, I reckon Argentina will show up. Um, there might be the the all of the stuff going on might might motivate them to show up a bit more, and they know that the Wallabies can fall into that game style, that game that gameplay. Um, so that they, they, there is an opportunity there for them. Um, but I still think the Wallabies hopefully will get it done. Um, all Blacks uh, South Africa. I disagree with you all. I think it's going to be another close one. I think it's going to be another arm wrestle. I reckon uh, All Blacks will show up um, and play well. And uh, I reckon, but I still reckon I would still put money on New Zealand to win that if I was a betting man. Uh, I reckon New Zealand by five. Well, I'm going to put money on Nathan's Barrett brothers, Perfecta, <laughs> and Cheslin Colby. Have a multi. You multi. I'm going to put nothing uh, money on nothing. I swear I'm a good boy and don't bet in rugby. Please do don't not take bet. my contract away. <laughs> <laughs> we do not bet. <laughs> you can bet I, I can't but yeah, I'm not gonna nah, stay away from that stuff um, alright I think that uh, that brings us to the end of uh, this episode um, it's a short and sweet one and before we and before we go in addition to those kind of additional interviews that we're thinking of doing uh, next week's episode uh, to kind of close out this rugby championship uh, section of podcast we're doing we're going back as well to our Q&A style format so um, if you're on Green and Gold Rugby's channel uh, on the on our on the Green and Gold Rugby page, uh, or if you're on Twitter, hit us up with some questions uh, using the hashtag the dropped kickoff, and we'll answer it in our Q and A episode for next week. Um, there's lots of stuff to talk about. How many bo- uh, who's which boys do we want on the European tour? Um, what crazy nicknames is Hoss going to come up with? Um, anything? Tell us anything you want to you want us to talk about and discuss. Um, and hit us up uh, with uh, for that next Q and A episode next week. Hashtag the drop kickoff. By the way, Hoss, I, I do listen. I do read those Friday news. I do. I you gotta keep you gotta keep firing these shots. I'm gonna respond at some stage. I'm letting you know <laughs> what that. Was he saying? What every, was he saying? Every second or third week, there is a shot he fires at me. I know. I still read it, Hoss. I'm coming back. Don't don't you worry. I'm I'm making a mental note. But oh my god, those. The nicknames that he comes up with. Does anyone actually understand how he got them? Or no, I haven't. Like, I, I, I look. I take it as a as uh, as a sign of respect, Nato, that that Hoss has given you a nickname. I, I, That's I, how it, you know you've made it. 
<laughs> it's it's all love. It's all love. But my God, I've, I've, I found, I think it was about a month ago, actually. No, let me try and find it. But he, he explained some of the nicknames and it's wild. I mean, the, the dude is insanely creative with that sort of stuff. Uh, let me find it. So, so I guess before we begin, a bit of background on Hoss. I don't really know the bloke. He writes our Friday Rugby News. Um, he's been around the site for a while, and I think he might have come from the forum. I'm not sure. And they always come from the forum. Nick. And the forum they is always just, come from the forum. Like you think, you think Twitter and Facebook is just like a, a hive of uh, just outrageous takes and views. The Green and Gold Rugby Forum plums a debt depths there was this guy called dismal pillick matt was telling me about who was just this absolute mental case and nine out of ten things he said were just like uh insane but one out of ten would just be you know like uh absolutely yeah and i think Hoss <laughs> might be cut from the same cloth all i know is he lives up the hunter somewhere he has a wife uh, <laughs> and he's at least Based off, yeah, which is surprising, <laughs> given the amount of shit he spouts. Um, no, he's, a, he's, a good, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. Just, you know. Uh, he has a crack at Nathan. Um, it's coming. That's coming. Don't worry. <laughs> You're getting protective, Nick. My God. Oh, no, no. no I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. No, definitely not getting protective. I'm all for Hoss. More Hoss content, please. Uh, I, I found I found the list if you're interested. So the, yes, the <laughs> list. I want to know. I want to know his nicknames. The classic one. So Alan Alatoa, seven A's. <laughs> pretty self-explanatory, but the branded Lightning Pangramosa. <laughs> no idea. Jimmy Slips. Jimmy Slipper. Yeah. The the bullshitter Matt Phillip. <laughs> who knows? Like who knows with that? Um. <laughs> This is, I think this is this was done a while back. So you have Salakai Loto is FKA, formerly known as. <laughs> that's that's just perfect. Sideshow Bob, Rob Valentini, self-explanatory. <laughs> Lee Majors, Michael Hooper. Has anyone figured out what is it? What is that? So I just, don't know that one. I don't get. Like it, I love the slight degree of separation. You have to think about it for a second, and then you get it. We, but that one, I have no idea. I think he's an, an, an old actor. Yeah, he's probably uh, like eighty or ninety or dead or something. But definitely <laughs> way out if, of our um. Yeah, just a bit out of our sort of yeah. realm. But actually, if, if you're listening, Hoss, please do a twenty-three. We this week we actually explain the nickname because I'm, I'm <laughs> fast. D- Dirty Harry Wilson. <laughs> I think I get that one, but you know. <laughs> Actually, uh, on on the topic of that Q and A subject, on the topic of that, um, to all of our listeners, if you want Hoss on the pod, let's see if we can get him on. Um, I'll be I'll be keen to get him on. Mate, um, I, I mean, how how do you come up with Hunter the Squatter Paisan? <laughs> Reese the Clydesdale Hodge. <laughs> like one of my favourites, Dar- Darcy Lurch Swain. If you, look up if you're not sure about that one, look up Lurch and oh, oh my goodness, that's a it's a dead set ringer. No offence, Darcy. Uh, Nick the Lip White. The the other Izzy Nicerani. And then, there's the one-two punch of Angus the Bull Bell and then Taniella the Abattoir Tupo. <laughs> this, oh, my God. This podcast has gone off the fucking walls. That's <laughs> great. That's a pause. Yeah. All right. We've got to have one question on for our Q&A next week. Get Hoss on the pod and then we just get him on. And I uh, I think we left out he, his best ones recently. He, uh, he calls the South Africans the Roman Catholics now. Why? Because um, because they hate taking the t- hate having the pill. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's terrible. And, and Mike, Mike, the kid. question is: if is, is, is this going to is this podcast going to shut down the Green and Gold Rugby Forum because it's it's gone down the track? Yeah, <laughs> I reckon all that bombshell. Let's bring this podcast to a close. It's chaos now. He just um, calls the Springboks the Catholics or the Pope's lot now. <laughs> Jesus, my God, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
like it's uh, like it's like watching a green and gold rugby equivalent of Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> it's <so> bad. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, if you have any questions for our Q&A pod next week, hit us up on Twitter or um, in on the Green and Gold Rugby page for this podcast episode. Hit us up with hashtag the dropped kickoff um, and we'll include your questions uh, in a future episode. But anyway, thanks to, thanks to the boys uh, this week and shout out to Hoss for, for giving us a good laugh. Um, cheers, and mate. So if, you've got any, if you've got any Hossisms of your own, send them through. Yeah. We'll give us it'll give us names for uh, it'll give us names for all the upcoming episodes going forward. Um, the, yeah, best, can... the best one I will say straight to their face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and record it. Yeah, record it straight to. I want to hear it. Like, yeah, because you get you get to chat to the boys. Yeah. Oh God, no. I'm sorry. Sideshow Bob for Rob Valentini is still the best <laughs> in my eyes. You know, I might I might just make sure I'm six foot away when saying <laughs> some of those, but you know. <laughs> I reckon he'd love it. He'd love oh, he also used to call Bernard Foley spanners because whenever he played, he, t- he tightens your nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Stop it. All right, that's it. I'm calling the pod. I'm calling it now. That's the end. Um, <laughs> cheers, boys, for coming out <laughs> for this uh, for this episode of The Dropped Kickoff. Um, we'll see you guys all next week for the Q&A episode. Uh, all the best to the Wallabies this weekend. Fingers crossed they go well. And uh, to everyone listening, thank you for tuning in every week. And we'll catch you the next time around. See ya. See ya. But what did go wrong? I'll have to look look and think about it. Think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Shirley Bombo? Bit of genius, bit of magic. Shirley Bombo. Very interesting. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Zareli Bombo. Very good. Very good. That's how you know. That's how you know you've made it when Hoss has given you a nickname. I didn't get a nickname. I don't think I got a nickname from Hoss. Billy the Kid, Tate McDermott. <laughs> the the squatter yeah. Hunter Paisami. <laughs> uh, Samu Karevi is Gandalf. Why? I have Why? no idea. I don't care. Why? Oh, you know what? This would be great in the pod. Hold on to the rest. Hold on, Hold to, on the rest. to the rest. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs>